Good morning. On this Sunday morning, we want to welcome you back to Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. I want to thank the Lord, first of all, for having the opportunity to be able to have a, a voice and be able to actually sit up. As uh, some of you already know, my back had gone out and uh, since I had gotten COVID, hadn't been able to breathe enough to be able to talk and to be able to share at the same time. But praise God and thank God for all of your prayers. Believe me, they made a difference. At the same time, I remembered all those that were sick and with many prayers of just a, a minute or less uh, uh, praying for those that were sick. But enough of that. Just God gets all the glory, all the praise, and we are back again, at least with God's help. Today we are going to continue on our thought that we had when we had left off last time. We have been talking about the Feast of the Lord. These are feasts that God had implemented for the nation of Israel. Get that clearly. For the nation of Israel, they were agricultural feasts to celebrate the blessing of God's uh, grace and mercy and abundance for the people in the nation of Israel. And at the same time, they did have underlying significance and meanings, uh, prophetic and otherwise. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We had finished off already uh, with the Feast of Passover, which was the very first one following right after it was the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which lasted for about seven days. <clears throat> and then the Feast of First Fruits. And then now we're at the Feast of Pentecost. And some of these basically uh, ran all the way through. Some consider the Feast of Passover to actually end uh, once Pentecost was over. Others consider <clears throat> the Feast of uh Unleavened bread, its beginning uh, goes all the way up until the Feast of Pentecost, counting 50 days. And then, of course, there's others that just simply look at them as nothing but feasts. But there's many things that we have to consider when we look at these. These were feasts that were given to the nation of Israel and God had selected and intended for them to meet, especially the males, three times a year at the designated place where God had put his name, which is very important and very significant of God having his name there. Well, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, uh, the feast, per se, since they didn't have a place where to sacrifice the Passover, and they didn't have a place where to uh, celebrate the feast as they were commanded to do, there wasn't a place for them to gather where all the males would come uh, to one place three times a year. Then the feast throughout the years began to change. Also, by around 300, between 300 AD and 400 AD, the, <clears throat> the kings of that time, they changed the calendar so that they could erase. Now, you have to imagine that uh, Satan was behind so many of these things, but so that they could erase all these feasts and they wind up uh, the Feast of Pentecost or, or the, the Feast of uh, Passover winds up uh, being Easter 
and you know it was changing to the fertility of the of the bunny and the egg uh you have uh <clears throat> the the feast of pentecost and 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 the others that couldn't be celebrated in any other possible way uh because the calendar were changed so you have the gregorian calendar you have the hebrew calendar one was ruled by the sun one was ruled by the moon which was the one for israel and the devil fought in all areas concerning this but let's look at the fourth feast it's called the feast of weeks and we're going to actually see that it's got quite a number of names the significance of each name the meaning of each name is very important because it actually draws things out that god wants to show in our lives and wants us to understand just like his name his name there's uh, between his name and his titles so many varieties uh in the scripture that you could actually have a name for every single day of the week or a title uh god is my refuge god is my rock god is my salvation uh god is my provider god is my healer uh god is a jealous god god is a consuming fire i mean these are just to name a few so each one of those in itself of course uh is very powerful and when jesus came he came to demonstrate and show us the name of the father and when you read the book of john especially you find that uh brought out so significantly but anyway that's another thought for another time so god intended <clears throat> that the feast and the purpose of these feasts were for israel and he he intended to manifest and show certain things of his mercy and his gracious and faithfulness to the nation of israel So God's purposes for the feast is one of the things that we want to look at. We want to look also at the prophetic plan of God within the feast of weeks of what it is that God was trying to accomplish uh and do. We want to look at the fulfillment in the book of Acts which is uh basically the feast is called Pentecost which means 50 the counting of 50 days which is actually one of the names that was given to it uh the countings we want to look at the shadows and the types and the patterns that are outlined even in the book of genesis uh in the book of ruth uh the number 120 and then the connection between barley and wheat the association and the relationship between these two things we want to look at the meaning as i said before uh of the names of the feast which are going to be very significant and then of course uh we want to look at how the feast changed uh throughout the years uh since the temple was destroyed we want to take our scriptural reading from the book of leviticus in chapter 23 in verse 15 we want to read and we're going to see that there's quite a number of things that are significant that are brought out and God specifies exactly when one feast was going to begin and when the other was going to end and it says in verse 15 and you shall count unto you Leviticus 23:15 and you shall count unto you from the morrow in other words from tomorrow after the sabbath from the day that you brought the sheaves of wave offering now the word sheaves there when you think of a sheave 
you think of a long shaft with the little kernels of wheat on top of it. But the word sheave also meant or comes from the word omer, which actually was a quantity of uh, wheat that was weighed out, an amount that was actually uh, calculated, and it was weighed before God. Whether it was uh, at that point crushed and it was presented as flour, or if it was presented as uh, the actual sheave, uh, is yet debated today, but uh, it was waved before the Lord in the temple. It says, from the time that you start, that means the Sabbath or the holy day, uh, <clears throat> and that you bring it in, from that day you're going to start counting seven Sabbaths. That means seven weeks of seven days each until they're completed. And then it says, on the following day after those those seven Sabbath or those 49 days, it says in verse 16, even unto the morrow, after the seventh Sabbath, you shall number 50 days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Now, this is what we have to understand. In the Feast of First Fruits, when Jesus resurrected uh, on that on that Sunday, or we call it the third day, uh, that that feast celebrated the bringing in of the sheaves or the omer before God and waving it. This was going to be the first fruits of the harvest. They had been already marked off. They had been watched over and they were cut and there was a ceremony that was uh, done as they were presented to and brought into the temple. But in the process of all of this, of course, we find the representation that Jesus is the first fruit of those that have resurrected and of those that were resurrected on that day or, or on that time uh, with him after he had himself come up out of the grave. So it's important to understand that this was the beginning of the feast. And then as the days went by, until you counted 50 days, the barley harvest came into full maturity and it was brought in. Well, by the time the barley harvest was completely brought in, now you're at 50 days and you're at the beginning of the wheat harvest. So once again, we have another first fruits or it's called the latter first fruits that were brought into the temple. And once again, there was a celebration. All the males uh, of Israel were supposed to gather. This was one of the feasts that they were all supposed to come to the temple and gather and be there. So we know that it's on the 50th day because it's just the, the day after the Sabbath that you have numbered. Then that day will be the 50th day. And you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And here's something interesting, which we'll be eventually talking about in our in our study on the on the Feast of uh, Weeks or the Feast of Pentecost. It says in verse 17, you shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves <clears throat> or you shall wave two loaves of two tenths deal. That's the amount. And they shall be the f of fine flour and they shall be bacon with laven, and they are the first fruits 
unto the Lord. So once again, here's that word first fruits. These these sheaves that had been harvested of wheat are going to be brought before the Lord just like the sheaves of the barley that had been harvested earlier during the spring. Now we're getting into the summer harvest and uh, as they entered into the month of May and June and the Feast of Pentecost was celebrated, this was once again the process of bringing in that which was considered blessed by God and for God to bless it so that the rest of the harvest, as summer came in and the, the wheat matured, they were able to uh, receive a bountiful harvest from the Lord. Now, as I mentioned before, <clears throat> it says that two, two wave offerings of loaf were to be brought unto the Lord. Now, this is interesting because there's some ideas and concepts that the two wave offering versus the one loaf that was brought on the Feast of first fruits, that one loaf could not have leaven in it. And we talked about Jesus had to be that loaf, had to be completely sinless, had to be waved before uh, God the Father. And uh, of course, he was also the Passover lamb. And he is also the first fruits of those that resurrected in those three feasts, one right after another. But but here at this time, there is a shift. There is a change. And that change is that they can bake these loaves with laven. And they are called the first fruits unto the Lord. Now, some have speculated and some have said that these two loaves actually represent the nation of Israel and the Gentiles, because everybody else who is not a Jew is basically he's a Gentile. So that is one of what the that is one of the thoughts that we want to consider as we go into our next study and look at it a little bit more uh, in in depth as to the significance. It was also the day and the time when the Holy Spirit was given, which. Some would say that represented the giving of the law, which was also at 50 days on Mount Sinai. And now you have the giving of the Holy Spirit. This brings to light so many things. Of course, in the book of Ephesians, it does talk about uh, both bodies, the body of Jews and the body of Gentiles being made into one. So uh, let's consider these things as we go into them. Until then... Thank God that he gives us this opportunity to come together. And as the messages are brought forth, uh, let's enjoy God's goodness, God's grace, and God's love in what he demonstrates and shows us through these feasts. Amen.